in the book of Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 5 it says I'm going to do something in your day even if I will explain to you you wouldn't understand from that I understood that something was going to take place that I had to trust the Lord for that I would not understand I had to trust him for it is there any hope or help in our troubled world miracles still happen in our world even when we can least expect them God still saves, delivers lives and situations. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg, a podcast of the Joshua Fund, a ministry dedicated to blessing Israel and her neighbors in the name of Jesus. I'm Carl Muller, Executive Director of the Joshua Fund, and today we have a special episode where we want to present to you David Ortiz as he shares his experience of how his son found healing and how he found hope in a troubling situation and how to use forgiveness as a weapon. It's been a year now that um, we had a bomb blast in our home. Someone brought in a package dressed up as a, 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 like a Trojan horse, a beautiful package, and within there, there was a bomb. My wife and I were not home that day, but my son was, and he opened it up. Before that took place, it's amazing how God wants people, and God speaks to his people. In Psalm 25, verse 14, it says, God speaks secrets to his people. In the book of Amos, it says, God doesn't do anything until he tells his prophet. In the book of Jeremiah, the Lord gave me that verse three days before the bombing. And it says, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 21, it says, Death has come into your windows, and your children are safe any longer. When I read that, I told my wife, there's something going to take place. I just don't know what. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 5, it says, I'm going to do something in your day. Even if I will explain to you, you wouldn't understand. From that, I understood that something was going to take place that I had to trust the Lord for, that I would not understand. I had to trust him for it. The bomb went off. My son was in the house. And you don't know the power of a bomb until sometimes you're in it. But I'm just going to show this picture here. If we could have this picture. Do we have it? This is my son. It opened up his throat. On the chest area is all yellow because of the, it blew off the fat of his chest. It blew off some toes, pieces of toes. And it blew off not only the fat, the skin, but also the fat from his legs. And his eyes were full of shrapnel metal, completely from head to toe. I went to identify him, and I didn't know what to do. And I told the Lord, Lord, I need, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I said, Lord, I can't afford less than a miracle. Lord, do something for me. Lord, in Yeshua's name, Father, give me a miracle. I can't afford to have second best. I was in complete darkness, and I said to the Lord, Lord, I feel like I fell into a pit that I am so low, I fell down so low, I would never be able to get back up. Never. I was completely in darkness. And by God's grace, the Lord spoke to me, and I saw the throne of God. I saw God was on the throne, then I knew everything was going to be okay. I knew he was in control. And all of a sudden, I see, on my left hand, I see the, the devil coming, the deaf angel coming to my home. And the Lord told me, you can't take him. You can't take him because what happened before I saw that the doctor spoke to me and they said the blood pressure is very low. It could be he won't make it. But God showed me 
in com from complete darkness to light, he showed me that he was in control. And he showed me that he wanted to glorify himself in a way I did not understand. During that time, you know, Job had three friends. And they were theologians. They knew about the Bible. But in 42 chapters, only Job prayed. Only he prayed to the Lord. And that's the kind of... I didn't have the type of friends Job had. I had real friends. In the hospital, I had 40, 80 people every single day coming to visit me. In fact, the nurses and the doctors told me, you have to stop telling the people to come because there's no room. I said I would, but most of the people here I don't know. From Dan to Beersheba they came. Believers and non-believers got together. Praise God. My son started receiving postcards. We, he received by post 5,000 pieces of mail from Sri Lanka, from Cuba, from Vietnam, from Cambodia, from Singapore, from Australia, from New Zealand, from all of Europe, from all over the world. And what, what took place in that, during that time, it's like someone said, it has, we ha she says, I've been here since 1961 here in Israel. I have never seen the body of the Lord come together in such a short time. By God's grace, we started uniting as a body. Arabic people started calling me up and trying to donate because my, my son's eye was not for sure if he was going to see. They wanted to donate eyes or kidneys or parts to, to help buy my Sunday blood. So, but several things took place. The body of the Lord got together. In the hospital, there were some um, religious Jewish people there. And I grew up with the religious people, Jewish people. And they told me one thing. After spending a month together in the hospital, we were there a couple months in the hospital. He says, you know, Muhammad doesn't bother us. Buddha doesn't bother us. But Yeshua does. To the point that one of us put a bomb in your house. And the verse came into my mind. It says, for they hated me without a cause. In John chapter 1 it says, I came to my own house, but my own house would not receive me. And saying all this, but by God's grace, the Lord did a miracle in my son's life, and he resurrected him from the dead, basically. Like the doctor said, he says, this boy has been born again. But I just want to close in the book of Zechariah. Chapter 13, verse 1. It says, one day there's going to be a fountain for forgiveness for the house of Israel. It's going to be for the house of David, meaning the government. It's going to be for the habitations of Jerusalem, meaning the people. It means one day they're going to have the Messiah of Israel. But at the same time, verse 6, it says, where do you receive these wounds? He says, I received in the house of my friends. And this is where we receive these wounds. Yes, we received in the house of our friends, and they're still our friends. And they, by God's grace, we have forgiven the people that have done this. For the reason Yeshua has forgiven us. We, yes, we want to capture these people. We want to stop them. But at the same time, forgiveness is a weapon that has to be used. The word victory comes from two words. Victim and story. Victory comes from a person that was a victim and he forgave. Now he has a story to tell because he forgave. God loves Israel. Praise the Lord. And we're waiting for that soul to become a Paul. Closing, Isaiah 54 the Lord gave me that verse because it says, you're going to build again. Because the police told me, and also the teachers, they said, we heard you're leaving town. I said, quite the opposite. We're going to stay and we're going to build. And this is what we're doing. Praise God. We're building again. <laughs> Praise God. Just very quickly. 
Uh, I have a, um, a man that was a Muslim and he became a believer. His name is Ziad. And I did not go back to my house. When I went to my house, after f five days, it was a bomb, could do tremendous destruction. It took three weeks to put my house back together. But this man, he's the one that put the house together. And he says to me, David, what, what color should I make the floors? I said, Ziad, I don't know. Whatever color you think. So he says to me, what color should I make the cabinets? Because the cabinets were destroyed in the kitchen. He says, what color should I make them? I said, Ziad, I don't know. You, you, whatever you think. My mind was not completely there to think about the house. In fact, my wife calls me up. I'm on the telephone. And all of a sudden she says, can you pick me up? I said, I would. But I just lost my telephone. I just can't find it. And then she's, after looking around, she says, where are you calling me from? I said, oh, I, I found it. <laughs> but by God's grace, he fixed up the house. And my house looks now like the house of Abdallah, the king of Jordan. <laughs> Praise God. The Lord has put everything together. And just, my, I have a neighbor. We call her the voice of Israel because she knows all the gods in town. And she says to me, David, if these people wanted to get rid of you, they did the opposite. Because every single month, we receive 400, 800 people every month to our home that come for the meetings. If we had 25 believers, they expanded us. But by God's grace, we got back our son. Thank you. I'm going to, Ami, Ken. everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Our verse of the day today is found in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1. On that day, there shall be a fountain opened for the house of David and the inhabitants of Israel to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. Our prayer requests today are number one, pray for ministers, pastors, and other Christians in the epicenter who are going through any form of hardship, that God will be their comfort. And second, Pray that God will save and touch the heart of anyone in the epicenter who is opposing the work of God and persecuting the church in any way. Thank you very much for all the prayers and all the support we got from a lot of places, especially here in the U.S. Thank you for all the people that are praying. I believe it had a big impact on my healing and still is, and those who didn't, please, <laughs> please do. I, uh, <laughs> uh, I had uh, many operations. I still have a few more to go. So far, so good, and I'm hoping for the best. And, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, God. 
The truth is all the glory to God. The truth is that without the power of prayer, none of us would have gotten through this year. The truth is that Ami's injuries were so extensive. His body was so ripped apart that we heard from the doctors afterwards that they didn't know where to start. There was about four or five teams, I believe, that were working on him for eight hours, and that wasn't even including his eyes. His right eye was not uh, responding to light. In other words, he was blind in his right eye. He has so much glass and shrapnel in his eyes alone. At least 100 pieces of shrapnel in his body from the top of his head to his knees. Ami um, had second to third degree burns over uh, his whole entire body. And the moment that this tragedy occurred, I believe that within an hour, the message had gone throughout the world like wildfire on the internet. And people began to pray. People began to pray from that moment on. And I would just like to say that a year later, people are still praying. But the miracles were so many that the doctors in the hospital in Israel used the word miracle many, many times. You see, in Israel, Israelis believe in miracles. We have to, because everybody knows that we exist by a miracle. And we kept on hearing that word over and over again. Simply, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that he's alive. The eyes were the first problem that we were really concentrating on. He had five operations. He was in an induced coma for eight days, and he had, during that time, he had five operations on his eyes. They just kept on taking out the metal, but for some reason, the right eye wasn't responding, and they couldn't see because there was bleeding. All of a sudden, people were praying and praying, and I found out later that whole churches and congregations began to fast and pray for his right eye. How did they know? It was just the Holy Spirit that was raising up this prayer. And as they began to pray for his eye, all of a sudden, a piece of metal in his cornea came up to the surface, and the doctor said to us, I can take this piece of metal out, but it might damage the cornea. You know, we, we were so filled with faith and comfort from the Lord at that moment that we said, just do it. Go ahead and do it. Because we did not receive the prognosis of blindness in his right eye. She did the operation. The metal was taken out without any kind of damage to the cornea. And immediately his eye began to respond. Today, Ami has 20-20 vision. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have a good friend who's a nurse that came to help us from New York. She works in a trauma unit and she sees all kinds of injuries, terrible burns, gunshot wounds, stab wounds, and she knew everything about his, his injuries. She said in the eight days that she was helping us to care for him, she said his wounds were healing in a way that was supernatural. The doctors didn't even know what to say to us. The doctors, you know, they have a lot of pride and they're not allowed to say positive things because, you know, they could get sued for it. And so every day the, the, the plastic surgeon would come in and they would do this horrible debridement and it's very painful and having to uh, change the bandages. And then the, the plastic surgeon would leave and he would kind of like run away. And David was always running to catch up with them and he was always saying, uh, better, better. But the nurses said to us, he's much better today. My friend said that his healing was supernatural. He never had any infection in his wounds. And after three months, his wounds were completely healed and closed. And it was a miracle. It's not to say that it was easy. Ami has gone through terrible pain, and he has pain to this day because he had very severe nerve damage in his left arm, and his left hand still does not have full use. But despite that, and because of the power of prayer, and people continuing to pray, even after a year, on the 1st of September, this happened in the 20th of March, the 1st of September, 
Ami returned to school and began to learn. Not only did he return to school, but a couple of months later, my basketball player son began to play basketball again. And all of this has been a result of the power of prayer. I send out what's called an AMI update on a weekly basis because so many people are praying. I have 800 people on my list, but they send it out to thousands more. And people keep on writing in, tell us what to pray, tell us what to pray. We get 10 people every month that at least have uh, added their names to our subscriber list. And uh, I count that as a miracle because the world has basically united in prayer for this boy. You know, AMI's name means my people. His full name is Ami El, which means the people of God. And as they have been praying for Ami, and I've been sending out the updates and describing to them the life that we live in Israel, then these people have also, through Ami, been praying for the nation of Israel and has unified us as an international body from around the world. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to end also with the topic of forgiveness. Forgiveness has been essential to us as a family. We have had to forgive. The Lord gave me forgiveness the day of the incident. As I was sitting in the hospital during the eight-hour operation that he was undergoing, we didn't know if he was alive or dead. We didn't know if he had lost limbs. They weren't telling us anything. I didn't know if he was disfigured beyond recognition. I didn't know anything. I opened up to Psalm 36, and it talks about the workers of iniquity. And it says, there is no fear in their eyes, the workers of iniquity. The hatred has erased from their minds and from their hearts all fear of God and all wisdom. And at the end of the psalm, it says, the workers of iniquity have fallen, never to rise again. And at that moment, the Lord gave me understanding that yes, they have fallen in their iniquity, but his desire is that they should rise up as new creations in him. And he gave me the forgiveness and love in my heart for those people, and I have prayed for them from that moment on, and that has kept us sane, and that has kept us able to go forward in the name of Yeshua. And so I thank you very much today for listening to us. I just, I just wanted to close. The verse the Lord gave us, we have six children. Uh, we have five boys, one girl. We believe in natural church growth. But the, in Isaiah 50, uh, in Isaiah chapter 8, it says, Behold, here am I in the children that you have given me. The Lord spoke to us that our children will be assigned to the house of Israel, but I was not expecting this. Uh, on armyortiz.com, there's three videos that we did in Hebrew, but they have English subtitles. And this video has gone throughout all of Israel, preaching the gospel on secular TV. You'll be able to see armyortiz.com. You look for the video. And in the video, they gave us the opportunity to preach the gospel to this tragedy. God has worked it for good. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to this powerful episode and learning about the power of unity, prayer, and forgiveness. If you found this podcast valuable, please get in touch with us. Let us know who you are. Do you have a prayer request for us? Do you want to talk about something on this show? Do you have a question you want Joel to answer? Go to joshuafund.com and click on Contact Us. Your feedback is so valuable and important to us as we develop this podcast. And as always, you can check out our show notes for anything you heard on this podcast that you'd like more information on. For Joel Rosenberg and the Joshua Fund Ministry Team, I'm Carl Muller. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Epicenter with Joel Rosenberg. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.